Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Recovery Show, where we discuss practical, actionable steps for anyone who wants to achieve their dream of getting and staying well, happy and free from any form of alcohol dependence. Hello and welcome to the Alcohol Recovery Show. Today this episode is dedicated to all the friends, family members, partners and anyone who loves or cares about a person who is drinking too much. Most of us can think of someone in our circle of friends, family or acquaintances who is destroying themselves with alcohol. It's heartbreaking, frustrating and can be crazy making to be emotionally involved with someone who carries on drinking even though we can see them wrecking their health, their well-being, their finances, their family life and their relationships. If you've experienced even just some of the benefits of recovery for yourself, this can be doubling frustrating because you know there is a way out. Professional therapists and counsellors have necessary professional boundaries that they can hold. They can go home at the end of the working day and get on with their lives. But for people who are attached by bonds of love to someone who is demolishing their well-being with alcohol, it can seem impossible to maintain boundaries. This situation is even harder if you share a home with someone who is drinking at levels that causes problems. So what do you do if you are in recovery yourself or have no personal issues with alcohol, but your child or significant other, beloved friend or cherished work colleague keeps pressing the self-destruct button? On the Winds Press website contact page, We often get messages from concerned family members or worried friends asking what they should do in this situation. Many times people request coaching or counselling input for the person they're concerned about. This request is understandable but it's problematic. It's problematic because the likelihood of the person with the alcohol misuse disorder being motivated to engage with any kind of therapy is pretty low. Sadly, no matter how enthusiastic a concerned friend or significant other is about the recovery, this intensity of feeling will not make the person better. The person needs to want it for themselves. This hard fact is tough to acknowledge. I will share a personal story to illustrate this. Some years ago, I was working with a woman I shall call Bridget. It was clear Bridget was drinking more than was good for her, but she downplayed the consequences and eventually concluded that she'd be okay to stop drinking without any support or guidance. I didn't see or hear from Bridget for a while. Fast forward a couple of months and I get a text message from Jose, her partner. He tells me Bridget has smashed up the car while drunk and is at risk of losing her job because of her drinking. In desperation, he asks me, can you help her? This is a heartbreaking situation, but common. I asked Jose to tell her to ring me. She did. She was angry that he'd contacted me and spent most of the phone call complaining about him. When she calmed down, she thanked me politely for my concern and ended the call. When Jose contacted me to ask how the call went, I didn't share the details of it, but I urged him to take care of himself. 
This surprised him as his attention and worry and concern was centred on Bridget. She had the problem. Jose wanted to rescue Bridget to save her from herself and he couldn't do it. No one can. Bridget needed to want to change herself. Earlier I spoke about therapists and their professional boundaries with clients. You don't have to be a professional to have boundaries. It can seem cold and unloving to talk about boundaries in a personal or intimate relationship, but they're needed to help everyone hang on to some sanity. Boundaries are not walls. You can maintain boundaries and love someone. Boundaries are about deciding for yourself what you can reasonably be expected to do or put up with and draw a line on what you will not. Particularly in personal relationships, we can get so enmeshed in someone's issues we lose ourselves. Our lives revolve around their moods, how many bottles or cans in the fridge or cupboards. We avoid having friends home or stop going out thinking we need to watch our loved one or provide company to distract them from drinking. This situation helps no one and resentments abound. The observed one feels smothered and the concerned one has given up their own needs in social life to help the other and it's not even appreciated. A friend of mine, Annabelle, shared her frustrations in this situation. It was heartbreaking, she said, to see my husband get drunk every single night. Each morning I woke up feeling angry. I'd look at his bloodshot eyes and feel intense rage about what he was doing to himself and our life together. The more I raged, cried or complained, the more secretive he became about his drinking. We had many, many scenes when I begged him to stop drinking. I felt desperate. I started reading literature aimed at people in my situation. I even went to a couple of meetings and met other people just like me. Eventually, one night during an argument about his drinking, I realised I was banging my head against a wall. I mean, literally. I was so frustrated and worked up that I'd walked up to a wall in the kitchen and hit my forehead on it repeatedly. It sounds crazy now, but in the moment... I had a flash of clarity. I had to stop this. I had to let go and take care of myself. And it was after this profound realisation that things really did start to change. One of the first things that Annabelle did was set some boundaries for herself and her own behaviour. She stopped checking up on her husband's drinking. She stopped pleading. She stopped presenting solutions to him. Annabelle built a social life for herself. After a couple of episodes during which her drunken husband was nasty and verbally abusive, she decided to move out. This was her line in the sand. I'm pleased to say life improved for Annabelle and her husband, but only with a lot of work on both parts. Annabelle recognised she couldn't do it for him. So what can you do if you are a concerned relative or friend? As well as set boundaries like Annabelle, get support. There are groups for people in similar situations and it can help break any isolation. Often there is helpful practical and emotional guidance on navigating through these circumstances. Another tip is not to try to talk to your loved one while they are drunk. 
They'll be volatile and irrational and might well not remember the conversation anyway. A big tip is to take care of yourself and your family as best you can. Keep up your own interests, career and friendships. If the other person's drinking or behaviour seriously jeopardises your job or your health, for instance, consider removing yourself from the situation. If you are concerned about your personal safety while the person is drunk, don't even hesitate to get yourself out. You can still love someone even if you don't live with them. If you've had issues with alcohol yourself, the best thing you can do is be an example of a happy, healthy person in recovery. Be open about what works for you. If the person shows any interest and asks you, share your success and pass on a few contact details or references to helpful information, but don't take over. For example, pass on the names of any books that have helped or the details of podcasts such as this, but let the person follow it up themselves. The main takeaway from this episode is that if someone does not want to stop destroying themselves with alcohol, if they're not ready, if they've not had enough themselves, no one can do it for them. No amount of pleading, crying or arguing will work in the long term. So be clear yourself about what you can and you cannot do safely and sanely. Get support and take care of yourself. Before we finish today, Lewis is here to outline some of the major organisations that there are available uh, to give people support if they have a loved one in their lives who needs help uh, with alcohol addiction issues. So over to Lewis. Make sure that you are getting support. Support is out there for you as well. Local drug and alcohol services usually have someone appointed who is a friends and families counsellor. That's someone who can give you advice on how to cope personally and the options that are available to you and your loved one. Also, AA has a sister organisation called Al-Anon for friends and families and Smart Recovery offers friends and family support as well. This is Lewis David, wishing you all the very best. If today's episode has resonated with you, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you about your experience. You can contact us via the contact page at windspress.com. I'll leave details in the notes below. So thanks very much for listening today and we'll talk again soon. Okay, bye.